0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the SaaS Marketing Show with me, your host, Dylan Hay. This is the number one SaaS marketing podcast you will find anywhere online. And this week we interviewed a good friend of mine, a client of mine, Scott Rogerson, who is the CEO at a company called UpContent, and we talked all about how they are selling to the enterprise without having an enterprise sales team themselves. Scott has built up content to be a pretty successful business over the last four years since I've known him, all with a team of just three people. And today, he went deep into the strategies and tips that he's going to share with all of you about how you can position yourself to the enterprise market. They're doing this very, very well through partnerships with companies like Hootsuite and HubSpot and are constantly being singled out for success by those partners of theirs. So this is a great practical episode that I know you're going to love. So before we get into it, I just want to quickly talk about this week's sponsors. First up is Document360, the knowledge-based software that scales with your SaaS. If you're not already building out a self-service knowledge base for your SaaS product, then I really recommend this is something that you take a look at. So not only will it help your customers have a better experience with your product, but a self-service knowledge base can also reduce your support requests by up to 50% as you'll be giving your users all the information they need to solve their own problems. So if you don't already have a self-service knowledge base for your SaaS business, head over to document360.io and claim your free 14-day trial today. And next up is Restream. So Restream allows you to broadcast live, engaging video directly from your browser to 30-plus social networks at the same time. They power over 8 million live streams every month and are trusted by companies like Cisco, IBM and Microsoft. And more importantly, I love using Restream and I use it most days to power my live streams. They have a great free plan that you can use to test it out. And if you sign up using our special link, you'll also receive a $10 credit on your account. And that link is restree.am forward slash Dylan. Once again, that's restree.am forward slash Dylan. So I just want to say a big thank you to all of you for listening to those sponsored messages. These sponsors really help support us bring on the next level of guests to the SaaS marketing show and bring you fantastic content like this every single week. A big thank you to them, a big thank you to you for listening to this. If you enjoy this episode or any previous episode that you've listened to, go ahead and leave us a rating and a review on the podcast store. We would really, really appreciate that. Okay, so let's get into today's show. Hello everyone, and today we are joined by Scott Rogerson, who is the CEO at UpContent. And UpContent is consistently recognized by G2 as being the market leader within content curation software. So their platform allows you to easily discover, collaborate, and distribute relevant third-party content across your various channels. Scott, I'm really excited to have you here. Actually, welcome to today's show.
1: Yeah, likewise, Dylan.
0: Thanks for having me. No problem. This is going to be a good one. Today, we're going to talk specifically about how you at UpContent are selling to the enterprise market without having built an enterprise sales team. Now, I know you fairly well. We've worked together for quite a while now. I know a good amount about the UpContent story, but some people listening to this might not. So let's cover that from a top level first. Now, I mentioned content curation software platform. Some people will know what that is. Some people will maybe won't. So why don't you give like quick, uh, quick overview as who upcontent are, what you guys do and the kind of position that you guys are at within the business right now.
1: Yeah, sure. So that content curation evolution has been happening alongside of the growth and evolution of upcontent. So our focus is helping organizations, as you mentioned, find those relevant third party articles and utilize them in a non licensed way. So a lot of times we get somewhat confused with licensing programs or syndication programs or even writing original content. But our focus is providing a platform to sales marketers, HR teams to really easily discover the content that matters most to them and get it out to both their internal and external audiences through the tools they already know and love, utilizing any device they choose to do so and collaborating with those inside of their teams who know the most about those topics in order to really position themselves and their companies. As experts in those industries and build a bit of that empathy and understanding between them and their prospects that they know what's going on inside of their prospects' worlds. Um, UpContent initially got started when I was running a marketing agency really as a tool just for us to use to make sure that we could be more efficient in how we were doing that activity for our clients. We launched it inside of Hootsuite initially uh, back in 2015, which I think is where you and I first ended up connecting with each other. And that was really because that was the tool our team was using, and we didn't have the capital to build a front end ourselves. And we grew inside of there, utilizing it ourselves, saw some other users uh, start to utilize it outside of our agency, and then in 2017, made the decision to spin out UpContent into its own organization and had to be, I think, very judicious about what our strategy was of how we were going to grow UpContent, because as Dylan, we are a component part to the overall ecosystem. We're not going in and selling an ERP package where we can afford a huge cost of sales process. And we really work best when we're fitting in with programs or solutions that the customer is already using that we know this is going to work well within. And so somehow finding that way to thread the needle as almost a reverse ecosystem has been a key pillar of our strategy. And I think a a key reason why we've been able to grow.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for the thank you for the intro for everyone that's like watching and listening to this. I know that they'll be they'll be interested. It's funny when you mentioned when you first got started building within the Hootsuite ecosystem. That's when we first met. That feels like such a long time ago. Now, right? It does. I can't even remember how long ago that was, but it feels like forever.
1: Yes, like, yes. so much has changed.
0: Yeah, so I'm really interested to talk. I know a little bit later on when we dive into how you guys are selling to enterprise. Without having an enterprise sales team, we're going to talk about some of the kind of co-marketing and then partnerships and reselling that you guys leverage and are working through. And I know that some of that is going to tie into the strategy around Hootsuite and other platforms as well. So that's going to be really fascinating to jump into. Before we do that, maybe just set the scene a little bit in terms of you've managed to keep the team. like You guys at Content are a very small, lean team. And yes. As, as you said, that's very interesting for enterprise like sales. Usually we have these huge sales teams or anything else. So we will get into the specifics of that, but maybe share with us a bit more about what the team looks like at the moment and some ideas around where the business is at.
1: Yeah, well, maybe I'll start on the other side. So on the business side, we have about 450 paying organizations utilizing UpContent. You'll see there is a freemium offer. So there's also another a few hundred that are utilizing it on a consistent basis within our free plan. Usually those are individuals or tire kickers trying to see if this is going to match what they're looking to do longer term. We also have a Wix app that's fully self-contained within Wix that utilizes the same underlying engine of up content called easy content. And we've got a few hundred additional customers paying for that app. And we Add about 800 new customers on the free plan within Easy Content on a monthly basis as well. So altogether, paying customers about 500, and those range from all of the different pricing areas that are on our site. So $15 a month to $260 a month. We also have the enterprise, which I we've been consistently growing, particularly over 2020. That can go up to 14k, 20k a year, utilizing really the same platform and just putting the building blocks together differently. So success and support is really important to us in all of those areas. That's something that I think has allowed us to build trust with those customers and achieve that, both with the smaller customers and enterprise. And we're achieving that today with a team of three. I'd certainly, we're looking to grow that team over the next few months, um, but certainly not growing from three to to 30 growing from three to five or six maybe over the course of the rest of the year
0: that's awesome yeah that's so cool it's it's quite unusual not unusual but usually in a marketing focused business at like people will have these larger marketing teams and sales teams and everything else is one thing that i've always found interesting about the way that you guys have it structured is so lean at the moment which must be must be beneficial when you're going through these like building phases too because you don't have Yes. That's huge overheads yes. that other people will... So it makes us dynamic.
1: Yeah, we can definitely bob and weave with the best of them uh, in that. And, and I think it's helpful as well by having a small team that leaves a lot of opportunity for me to stay in direct contact with our customers, both on the sales side and in the success side. Now we have Dylan on our team who leads all the success efforts and he's fantastic, uh, but it's always helpful to regroup with those individuals over time, see what issues they're having, which... Luckily, is isn't always a lot, but what we do hear a lot is the, I would love to also be able to do this, or do you also integrate with that tool? Or can I, I came up with this neat idea of how I can use these articles that I found in up content. What do you think about a way to do that? That's always the most exciting part of the day is coming up with some of those new areas. And if we had a bigger team, there are certainly benefits to that, but I think we would lose a lot of that translation up to prioritization of those initiatives by not necessarily hearing it directly from them
0: yeah that's awesome okay and then so i know that 2020 for you guys so far and in the build-up to this too there's been this i don't know if shift is the right word but there's been more of a focus on the enterprise like moving more up market i think it's pretty natural for a lot of SaaS businesses during their growth, they go through this period, right, where there's the larger deal sizes, the more handholding that goes on, mm-hmm. um, bigger business to be won. Now, that's what we're going to be talking about today and how, you've, how you're starting to grow this business out without having this huge enterprise sales team. So maybe let's get started with that because you touched on the volume of um, freemium users that you have and the kind of self-service lower tier with tier plans. And then there's been a, there's been a good volume of success for you guys with the enterprise market so far this year. So yes. where where do we, where do we get started with that? And maybe a good place to begin might be with some of the, the co-marketing and reselling and building off the back of, I don't know if Hootsuite specifically was one that you wanted to go down the, the route of, but obviously with the Up content platform starting out within the Hootsuite kind of ecosystem and and marketplace. Maybe we could expand as to what that journey has looked like as you've started to move more upmarket. And then we can go into kind of co-marketing with other platforms too off the back.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And first thing to say, we love our non-enterprise customers still. They're fantastic. We value them just as much as the enterprise side, but it's obviously a different approach to speaking to the enterprise audience. And while the use case may be similar, obviously the deployment is far different. And so... One of the things I think beyond us feeling like we said, okay, now we're going to move to enterprise, which kind of from the outside always seems like that's what happens with organizations. They just wake up one day and they're like, okay, let's move up market. Now we feel like we've done enough here. Really what ended up pulling us, I think up market was a lot of the transition as well, to the use of third-party articles outside of just traditional marketing inside to more of the merging between marketing and sales on the relationship side, we see a lot of the social selling all of that digital sales activity, and that's been certainly exacerbated in recent months as everything has translated to digital. And so what we're seeing more now than ever is that organizations are looking at their content mix and saying, okay, we can't just sell all the time, and maybe they don't always want to listen to what we have to say. We need third-party content. I think last year at this time, many of those organizations would still be only looking at the original content that they're writing and thinking that is good enough to achieve what they're looking for, because relationships were built in person in those cases. And so that certainly, I I won't take full credit and say, we just had this desire to move up to enterprise. We were seeing the need, and that certainly helped move us toward the enterprise. But a few of the building blocks I think that you touched on that made that possible were the partnerships that we've formed over past years with organizations that do traditionally sell to enterprise, and we've great relationship with the team at Hootsuite. Still, as I mentioned, they were our first love that we introduced into. So we've known that group since 2015, and all the permutations there. More recently, we uh, have been working with HubSpot, and they're a great partner as well. And a many, you know, number of other organizations, number of other technologies that enterprises are using that UpContent can then fit within, and that ability for us to say yes to the enterprise without them feeling like they have to change three or four or five things has certainly helped us address that. To your point around the enterprise sales process, we like to see ourselves and really position ourselves with those enterprise larger platforms as an amplifier of the value that they're already providing. And so we have done a lot of work instead of building out our own team to try to build really strong personal relationships with the sales teams in those organizations And then start to put around some larger actual infrastructure around that beyond just, hey, we like Scott, we'll bring it up next time. It definitely started there in a lot of cases. But then continuing to support them and then make sure that those customers were successful so that they felt like rock stars for bringing up content into that opportunity because it made their churn go down, their contract value go up, got more referrals, whatever that may be. Um, We found that that is the best case for us. To achieve the enterprise and then we can certainly with the ecosystem if we're brought in from a social selling standpoint we can then obviously expand within that organization and talk about use in email marketing or use on the website or use for learning and development internally and then bring in other partners into that as well and obviously that reciprocity makes everybody happy
0: yeah and how like For people listening to this that are trying to go through a similar process to, I don't know if make the transition is the right term, but people that are going through this process trying to build those relationships so that they can have, have that kind of time from these businesses. I know that with Hootsuite, like you spent a long time building that relationship because that's, as we said, that's when we first met. And that must've been at least, I don't know, maybe even three and a half, four years ago, I feel. And you've seen significant progress with that relationship over the last couple of years. So that's something that's clearly had a lot of time and effort and Mm -hmm. energy into it. I know that you have successful kind of partnership relationships with HubSpot, as you mentioned, and a few others too. When you're, whether it's now or in the last like year or a few months, whatever it is, when you're looking at, okay, we've identified these are the potential partners where we could actually just support their customers better. Because I think that's the number one step, right? It's like identifying who those partnership opportunities are where you can actually bring in and add value instead of just going for all of the like biggest names that you can right. think of. Whatever. Once you've done that, what, what has your approach been to try and get on there? radar is it purely that like relationship building play that you're talking about and if so how did you go about that and how do you go about that do you identify like a partnerships manager and try and get to know them like what i'm interested what that looks yeah. like uh,
1: that's a really to- great question and i hope you'll be equally enthusiastic about the answer uh, <laughs> yeah. but it, it's it's much more of a using the customers as that golden key to get in so we have a very unsophisticated google sheet and so mostly Dylan and I are working on the sheet. So when we're listening, which I think is probably the biggest piece to our customers, hearing how they're utilizing those tools, when they mention a technology, you know, they say Salesforce, we then make sure that we understand and keep track of the fact that customer is also utilizing up content inside of Pardot in some way. And then we look to see how many of those customers keep building up. That then becomes, once we feel like we've got 20, maybe 30 customers, we'll take that Kind of group of understanding and go to that organization then usually working through what we found works well is through the success side of that organization on the customer success piece because they're looking for more answers to solve their current customers problems more so necessarily than just selling net new contracts and accounts um, so we don't necessarily go to the sales side first and say hey let's joint sell this together usually go to success and say, hey, we've found these 30 customers that are having this challenge that they solved utilizing up content and your technology. Shouldn't we do something to reduce some of the friction in getting things from point A to point B? MailChimp was a really good example of how we moved through those processes with them and really just asked questions more than made statements to the success group of what do you think? Would this work? Getting their opinion on things they're going to know far better than you will. And I think what we've found is that if you approach with a, we should do this, that's a very easy email to ignore because it looks like a to-do for them on their list. If we approach more so in more of a question, hey, we've got these customers, certainly it helps to have other names that you've worked with. So the first one of those outreach attempts was really time-consuming to make happen. And we felt like we were banging our head against the wall. But as you get more and more uh, relationships you can and you treat those relationships where you can leverage those to to build other ones. So that's been really important, and it also allows us to then take that new opportunity or new partnership back immediately to our twenty or thirty customers and say, "Hey, we've now created this because we listened to you." That gets them to now create that cycle where they're going to then share more, and it uh, allows us to talk to that partner and say, "Hey, you've got these twenty other customers now who are even more happy." than they were before because we achieve this together. From there, we then move into, hey, are there other customers out there that would get a benefit from this? And that's when we start moving into more of the traditional partnership or sales discussions.
0: Got it. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's really great advice, actually, for, for everyone because I think the natural route to go down is like reaching out to maybe a partnerships team or something and asking about, hey, how, how do you work on partnerships with people? How do we get involved? And right. I can see that, flipping that entirely and taking the approach that you guys do makes so much more, makes like so much more sense from, uh, anyone that's receiving an email where it's like, Hey, this is a problem that your customers have. And this is how we can help you support them to fix that right. kind of thing. Um, right. makes it a lot more enticing for them. What does, I'm sure it maybe varies depending on the companies that you're speaking to, but what does some, sometimes what does that initial kind of step, like step look like? Cause it, like once they if you share that with them and they're like oh yeah this looks great this is something that we can work with i know there's different road like different roads to go down there's like maybe improved integrations there's the kind of co-marketing the reselling do you have something that you go for first or do you just wait to see how they respond are you always thinking okay the first step is we want to do some co-promotion together, or the first step is we want to try and build a special, I don't know, like bundle for them and their mm-hmm. company, their team. Like, is, there, is, is it as simple as that, or is it really depending on each individual use case?
1: Yeah, if we try to treat them like our boss, meaning that we don't just come with an answer of, hey, what do you think we should do? We try to come with, we think it could be this option or this option would be best. And here's why we think that. What do you think is best out of those two? Because it makes it easier for that person to then respond and give an answer. If we say, what do you think, what do you think this best partnership between upcontent and ABC SaaS tool would be? They'll be like, man, I don't have time for that. This is great. I have a million other things going on. I don't really have time to sit and like think about how your tool can best fit into our platform. But if we go back and we say, like you said, we've got these 20 customers, here's how they're currently using it. We've looked at your API documentation, if that's available already. We've already looked at how some other partners have integrated with you. We've seen what you've done here. And we think given our past experience and these customers, we should have a OAuth integration that connects to one of our collections, meaning that when somebody puts an article into it, it's gonna do X, Y, and Z inside of your technology. Or we just talk about them together because we're not yet ready to make that determination. What do you think is the best way to go? And they'll usually respond to that. And to your to your prior point, we certainly made the initial mistake with our first kind of partnership process to say, oh, wow, you've got an app directory. Can we be part of that app directory? Right. And everyone's like, sure, you can. Like, whatever, that's fine. Here you go, build it. And then you build it and you're like app 185. And right. you know, then it's all back on you to make that happen. And we, We failed to build the reason why we were putting that on there and the joint value and know how to reach out to customers. We've definitely gotten a bit wiser just through falling on our face a number of times in those early days.
0: Yeah, and I think that's why this is such a valuable episode because I think most people will take that route of wanting to just join the app directory and then like nothing nothing happens unless they've got something that's like completely different to everything else on there that loads and loads of people want like if just getting placed on the app directory isn't gonna all of a sudden explode the business overnight or very rarely is that gonna happen anyway. and it's
1: even worse because now you've got something else that you need to maintain and support uh, because if you don't do that well now you have something that when you go back to that partner and try to build that relationship further, they're going to look at how your app has performed over the last six, nine, 12 months. And if they're not seeing activity, that's an immediate reason for them not to talk to you because they're seeing that then as there's nothing, there's no joint value here because you had it out, you had it out to our customers and no one's done anything with it versus trying to approach it first and really do it in a way, quote unquote, what we found to be most effective of building that kind of mutual understanding how are we going to talk about this together and really going with them and saying does this make sense we don't actually know if this makes sense Mm -hmm. and that lets them be more open and honest too versus feeling like they're going to have to disappoint you and saying that it doesn't
0: work out of it yeah no that's awesome okay thank you for sharing that and then i know that this is we we had the co-marketing reselling leveraging partners i know that these kind of all tie into each other as well but from the I think one of the areas where you're seeing success more recently too is from the reselling side, yeah. right? Like working with the enterprise teams at some of these larger companies that you're partnering yeah. with to come in and be involved in deals that they're working on. Maybe right. could you give some insight as to what that looks like for you guys or how that's evolved and what's yeah. worked well for, for you from that perspective?
1: Yeah. And certainly I think that tiering is certainly how we've experienced it. We have to sit next to each other in class for a while and then you like go get lunch together and then you're going to get dinner and then you're going to meet each other's friends and then you're going to start reselling together after that. And it takes time. And I think we had reselling relationships to target enterprise customers probably on every annual plan since 2017. And I would say we probably didn't actually achieve that until late last year, most really early this year to be able to reach that reseller potential, just because it does take time to make that happen. But that's really just the starting line. We've certainly realized as well. Once you've got that reseller agreement set up, that does not mean just like getting on the app directory, you can just sit back and be like, this is all going to be taken care of now. This great team who's international 600 or so people, they're just going to go sell up content and everything they do. And I'll just sit back and bask in my success and glory. That doesn't doesn't actually happen that way. So what we've certainly then said, okay, great. Now, as we said in the beginning, our focus is to not necessarily build out our whole team, but have those sales team members, whether they're account executive roles or solution consultants, feel we're part of their team, uh, not that they're part of our team, which I think is is a very important distinction to make of how you position that. They're not selling for us. We're supporting them in selling. And by doing that, we're participating in demos when they ask us to, helping to build out those decks or those value propositions in their branded way that has very minimal up-content statements being made. Or You won't see purple, unfortunately, anywhere, even though I like uh, seeing purple on those those slides. But it's all kind of positioning them for them uh, and achieving it that way. Our focus has been enabling them. We're actually starting to now build out those resources for a more asynchronous enablement process. But first, just like with the customer side, our goal was to better understand how we can be a part of that process. And then from being a part of that process, we can make sure that uh, we're understanding those insights and those lessons learned and now translating them into something that is more consistent.
0: Right, okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's it's super interesting because it's, it seems obvious, but I think most people are, as you said, just too much trying to rush into these things. Because I remember when I was at Hootsuite and when we were selling, like when I was selling to enterprise companies there, we had so many other like potential partners that we could bring in to deals, depending on, of course, like what the client needs and what they want. But it it would be... we we would need that encouragement sometimes to bring them in, whether it's because right. of, okay, this is the perfect fit for this client. So we're thinking of bringing this partner in. Honestly, sometimes it was just like, hey, we really love working with these guys. So let's just try and sell them to this customer as well, because right. they look after us and they'll like, take right. us out once every couple of weeks, or they're really cool when they come into the office. So I can see how if someone came into one of these relationships and then just eased off, I can imagine actually very little would happen unless there was a, client that particularly said hey i have this very specific need because what you want is you want the sales teams at hootsuite at hubspot at everywhere else to be like coming to their clients with the suggestion of hey this is something that is part of our stack that can support you rather than them being reactive to the problems and that's i think that's where the things start to pick up and move towards the next level right is when you get them being the ones that are leading rather than just being
1: reactive that's exactly right and it certainly didn't start with a signed agreement here's the organizational relationship it started more so as that integration partnership and then exactly to your point identifying a couple individuals who believed in the joint solution just individually and were willing to recommend it even knowing that they weren't going to have that be part of their quota or their compensation or or what have you that they were doing it for hopefully because they thought we were decent human beings but most importantly because they thought the customer Uh, was going to be more successful by having that as part of their solution. And then once that was successful, now you could start entering into and scaling that up with the rest of their team and then other teams. But it's always that, what are the case studies? Who have we worked with together before? Maybe it works well for others. It has not worked for us to just come in and say, okay, we all sat around the table and we agree that this is going to happen. So let's just roll it out to everybody. And now everyone's just going to go sell it. We have to go through those iterations
0: to make it happen right yeah this is awesome i think this has been super actionable actually for anyone that's listening that's trying to get into some of these like relationships with the larger software companies or providers or that's looking to spend more of their energies like within the enterprise market i think this has been super actionable to help them do that is there anything else that you wanted to discuss like On a top level that we haven't so far, we have a couple minutes, a couple minutes left. I think this has been really great structure that we've gone through because it walks through where you guys started and where you're at now and the logical steps between that point. But is there anything where you're thinking, oh, I really would love to share this with people too?
1: I think the biggest thing that we've realized on the enterprise side, and it's the same with the smaller customers or the non-enterprise customers, is the success point as well. I think one of the things that we're actually proud of is. I don't think if you would go out and ask really any of our customers how many people are on our team, they would give a the number three for sure. They would even give a small number. And we want to make sure that's the case. That it really shouldn't matter to them as long as we're there and supporting them and being reliable. And that's what we want to make sure we're continuing to do now and certainly into the future and being able to then not shy away from those enterprise opportunities or use the team size as an excuse as to why we can't do that has been really valuable to us. And that was a big unlocking moment. And it always takes that first one, right? Holy moly, they're actually, please, they're actually satisfied. This is working really well. And it's far bigger than many of our other customers, but it's the same tool and they're getting the most out of it. And they're actually one of our biggest promoters and uh, sharers and being excited about utilizing it. We can actually do this. And all of those different puzzle pieces have made that happen. And so we've been excited now to continue to go down that path.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, this has been great. Scott, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing kind of you guys story and approach to selling to the enterprise market without having your own enterprise sales team. I think it's been great. So yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. If anyone wants to find out a bit more about up content, it's pretty straightforward. If they search for up content, they'll, they'll find you guys. And I'm sure if they have any questions, you'll be happy to connect with them on, uh, on LinkedIn or anywhere like that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Looking forward to those conversations. Thanks for having me on. No worries. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Scott. Thanks you uh-huh.